series today called Consider the Source. Uh, there's, a, there's some reason I believe that God put this in my heart. I, I, I wrestled with this for, for a long time. And uh, once a year, every year, I bring a message around finances and come at it from various uh, directions. We don't talk a lot about finances throughout the year, but I come and I, from a variety of different directions. And, and it's been a, actually two years. I went back in my notes. It's been two years since I actually addressed anything on, on finances. And, uh, and I, just, I just wrestled with this throughout uh, several months on how to approach this. And finally, finally just got this in my own heart, my own spirit of how, how to direct this. And, and, and there's a lot of people that are struggling right now uh, financially, a lot of people that are very, very concerned about where uh, the economy, uh, our government, and uh, a lot of various, various uh, things in life concerning finances. And, and I, really feel, I really feel like the Lord put it in my heart is that let's focus on him as being our source. That, uh, that government is not our source. Uh, your job, y- you know, it's not your source. Uh, your husband, your spouse, they're not your source. Uh, God is your source. And so therefore, I... I entitled this message, Consider, Consider the Source. When you're facing anything in life, the first thing that you need to consider is not, not whether you're going to have a job, not whether the, the economy's going to fail, or whether government's going to make another dumb mistake, but consider the source. Who is our source in life? Is it truly God, or is it other things in life? Uh, God is the one that created everything. He created everything that there is. And, and surely he can take care of you and he can take care of me. Consider the source. Therefore, I entitled today's message, uh, The wor- Worry-Free Life. That we can go through life and be wor- worry-free. There's a lot of people that worry. Uh, they, they're constantly worrying, they're worrying about this, worrying about that. And I would just say to you, if that is you, is consider the source. Consider what your source is for whatever it is in life that you have need of. Because he is your source. And so I, I, I just wanted to start out that way and just talking about that. Because, because there's a lot of people that are concerned because of the, all the instability in, in this world. And, uh, and, and I'm going to tell you that uh, if you are operating under this world system, then maybe there is reason for worrying. But if you'll operate under God's system and get connected with God and start operating on, on, on His, the things that I'm going to share with you, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the things I want to share with you today, if we'll start operating on these things, then we can live a worry-free life. So I want to I just say that God, God has a financial plan for you and I. For all of us, he has a financial plan. I want to bring a familiar passage of scripture to you and I. And it's found in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Notice here in Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you. So God has plans for you and I. 
Now notice here, he starts out and he says, plans to prosper you. So God's plan for you and I is to prosper. But I want to I I turn your attention again to who's the source here. God's the source. The Lord is our source. So he has plans to prosper us, not to harm us. Plans to give us a hope and to give us a future. So God has a financial plan for us. And so what we need to do and what we need to work at is aligning ourselves up with that plan. And if we'll align ourselves up with the plan of God and get in His, His, uh, uh, His economy and uh, not worry about what's going on in this world and start operating according to the things that He tells us, then we'll have that take place in our life. And so that's, that's where I wanted to start out. And then secondly, I want you to consider the source and trust Him. In order to, in order to be able to... Uh, really fully benefit from his source in our life, we're going to have to trust him. It cannot happen without placing our trust in him. Uh, Psalm 84, verse 12, uh, 12 in the Amplified, it says this, O Lord of hosts, how blessed and greatly favored is the man who trusts in you, believing in you, relying on you, and committing himself to you with confident hope and expectation. Now notice here, let's go back uh, to the other slide. And it says here, it says, Blessed and greatly favored is the man who trusts in who? In the government? In our job? In our spouse? In our talent? In our abilities? No, it says, Blessed is the man and favored is the man that trusts in the Lord. So we've got to put our trust in God. Now, the other thing that I want to say, just really quickly, is we need to trust God to prosper us. That He does truly want to prosper us. And so we need to trust Him that He wants to do that and put our trust in Him. We're going to talk about how to do that in just a little bit. It's not enough to just say, trust God, trust God. How do I trust God? I, I, don't you hate it when somebody says, do this, do this, but how? Give me the... Give me the tools to do that. I want to know, give me the hammer so I can be able to nail that nail down. Show me how to do it. Well, I'm going to show you in a little bit how to trust God. But Psalm, 80, uh, Psalm 35 verse 27 says, let them shout for joy. Let them shout for joy and be glad, get this, and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God takes pleasure, he takes pleasure in prospering us. Now I looked up that word uh, prosperity there. It's the word shalom. He takes pleasure in the peace of his people. The word shalom means peace. And that word peace actually means completeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. God has, he takes pleasure in the completeness of his people. He doesn't take pleasure when we're incomplete, when we're lacking and we're struggling and we're striving and we're full of worry and care and fretting. He doesn't take pleasure in that. He takes pleasure when we're worry-free in in our life. Amen? So, blessed or stressed is the question. Are we blessed or are we stressed in our life. I want to give you the blessed version. 
First of all, and then we'll talk about the stress version, and I'm going to break it down as quickly as possible. Matthew chapter 6, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. If you read your Bible, uh, I've read your Bible, uh, maybe you've heard it, uh, people preached, uh, preach on this before. But we're going to read several verses out of the, the, uh, Matthew and out of Mark, and then I'm going to break it down for us real quick. So let's begin with Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth or rust destroy or where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or where thieves do not, uh, do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one or love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That word mammon means riches or a spirit of riches. And then it goes on to say worldly riches. And then it goes on in verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What he's saying here is consider the source. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not your life more than food and the, bo- and the body more than clothing? Look to the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in, into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, consider the source, folks. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? One translation says one moment to your life. By worrying. Is it going to add anything to your life? And then it goes on in verse 28. It says, why do you worry about clothing? Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the source, folks. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin And yet, I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not worry. Worry. Consider the source. Once again, I say, do not worry. Worry. I don't know where I'm getting that word from. But do not worry, saying, what, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you, uh, what you need. The, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient in for the day is its own trouble. In other words, it's gonna, you know, don't worry about what's coming up. All right? Now, a lot can be said there, but I'm going to go on, and I'm going to talk about blessed and stressed, and I'm going to talk to you about the stressed uh, portion. Now, this is the blessed portion is when we quit worrying. And when we start getting into God's economy, we start doing it God's way, and, and we put, uh, cast our cares on Him and start functioning in, the, in, in, in what He says to function in, then, then we have the blessed life. Now, here's the, here's the stressed life. Uh, this is a rich young ruler. He came to Jesus, said, What can I do to be saved in Mark chapter 10? 
And uh, Jesus, in verse 18, I'll just pick up, uh, verse 19, I'll pick up from there. He says, uh, uh, in verse 19, you know that the commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. He says, man, I've done all this. That's great. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come and take up your cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word. He was concerned. He was worried. He went away. The Bible says sorrowful for he had great possessions. Again, consider your source. Your, your resources are not your source. The source is your source. Okay? And go, goes on in verse uh, 23, And Jesus, looking around, said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God? And his disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to him, Children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished. Why? Because Jewish people were known for their riches. They were known to be wealthy people because of the blessing of God upon their life. But notice here, the problem was in the trusting of riches. It wasn't them having riches, but it was the trusting in riches. It wasn't that, it was, it wasn't that they had resources, but they put trust in their resources, but rather than putting their trust in the one that resources them. Does that make sense? And so they were astonished, saying among themselves, then who can be saved? And Jesus said, he says, look at them and said, with all, uh, but Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but with God for all things are, are, are possible. And then Peter uh, uh, began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. And that you hear Peter and You know, Peter's always got something to say. In verse 29, it it goes on to say, And Jesus answered and said, Assuredly I say unto you, There is no one who hath left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake in the Gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution in the age to come eternal life. So, here's, here's... the stressed out portion is when we put our trust in our resources. When we put our trust in something that is other than God. And so here's what I want to talk to us about today is how to have a worry-free life. First of all, in reading these two uh, uh, accounts, uh, Matthew chapter 6, Mark chapter 10, first of all, if we're going to have a worry-free life, we have to trust in God's love. It is a must. We have to trust in the love of God. I know that sounds so elementary. Uh, Every one of us can give it uh, head knowledge. Yes, uh, I understand that. I believe that. Uh, But still inside, we struggle with it. We have to believe in God's love. In Mark chapter 10, verse 21, Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And then he told him what he needed to do. He says, this one thing you lack. He says, he loved him, but it was out of a motivation of love. He knew that he, knew that he, he wasn't heading in a good direction without looking to God as being his source. 
And in Matthew chapter 6, it says this. It says, your father, your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Your heavenly father. Listen to this. It, trust comes out of relationship. The more relational we are with the Lord, the more relationship that we have with Him, the more intimate we come, uh, uh, become with God, the more trust we're going to place in Him. I'm going to tell you, if, if you're struggling today, check up on your relationship with the Lord. If you're tr- struggling with your worry, if you're struggling in worrying, check up in your relationship with the Lord. The more that you love somebody, the more that, that you know they love you, the more that you're going to trust them. I, my son, when he was uh, young, uh, it was, I don't know, tw- uh, many years ago, twenty over 20 years ago. Uh, we, went, we went to, uh, I, I don't remember, I think it was in Dallas. Uh, where was the Rattler, son, that uh, roller coaster ride in Dallas? We went to Dallas, and, and it was myself, my son, my wife, my, my brother-in-law, and my sister, I believe, and their family. And, and, uh, and we was going through all the rides, and my, young, my son was, I don't know, he was probably, uh, uh, I don't know, 10, maybe, 12 years old, maybe, somewhere around there. And my son's, you know, just obedient. Uh, he, he never backtalked me. Uh, I don't know if he just knew better or what, but he just never, I never, he never backtalked me, even though he was a strong-willed child. Uh, doesn't mean that he didn't make mistakes. He got probably more spankings than anybody in this room, probably combined. Uh, I believed in uh, n- not sparing the rod. I used the rod of correction, and so he got a lot of correction. Uh, but, uh, but anyhow, he, uh, uh, he, if I told him something, he would never argue with me. He would never. Now he could respectfully, and that was a a uh, how we how we uh, how operated. Thank you. Operated in our household that if he felt like uh, something that he was getting uh, corrected for was uh, unjust, he could respectfully appeal. I would listen to him. I would consider all of his facts, and then I would uh, conclude with a judgment. And, uh, and he was either going to go ahead and get his three good, you know, uh, swats on the, on the back end and, 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 you know, and we would go forward. And uh, so he, he never argued with me. And, um, but when we were at uh, the, the line getting ready to go on to the Rattler, he... Uh, he just kept saying, no, Dad, I don't want to go. 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 He just, he saw that thing. I said, come on, son. Come on. You're going to be all right. Come on. You're going to be all right. And, uh, and finally, he just broke down crying. Dad, I, I'm not going. I'm not going. And I, again, he, uh, honestly, he, he would never argue. He would never argue with me. But that day he argued. One and only time that I could ever remember him arguing with me. And, and so I said, okay, son, stay down here with, I don't know, one of my relatives. And so we went on the Rattler, my wife, my, myself, and my brother-in-law. And the only thing that I could say when, as I, when I was up there, when we was, it's, it's a wooden roller coaster, and the only thing I could say is, thank God that my son's not on this thing. And man, I tell you, it beaten the dog out of us. Uh, my, every one of us, all three of us, when we came off that thing, were hurt. 
my ne- I think it was my back, my brother-in-law's shoulder, and I can't remember what my wife was hurting from. And I came back and I apologized to my son for trying to push him to, to go on that ro- roller coaster. Now, what's the moral of the story? God would never ask something of you that would hurt you. Now, I would never ask anything of my son that would intentionally hurt him either. But God's all-knowing. He knows everything. We can trust in his love. If he asks something of you, it's because he sees something better uh, down the road for you and for me. When, when this rich young ruler was asked to give everything and sell everything, it wasn't that he wanted to take away from him. He was, a, he was wanting to increase him more and more. Amen? We have to trust the love of God. We must. It's a must. The second thing that we must do in order to have this worry-free life is we must trust God's principles. God's principles in our life. Remember, he says this one thing in verse 21 of Mark 10. He says, this one thing you lack. Just one thing. Everything else you're doing very good. You're doing a great thing. But this one thing you lack. He says, there's, there's a principle here that you need to put into practice. And you're just not operating in this principle. But if you'll operate in this principle, then you're going to have great results. And we have to trust in the principles of God. The principles of God that work in our life. There are certain principles like the principle of diligence. If we'll be diligent, the Bible says that the diligent will bear rule. Sometimes we may just not see any, any, any kind of uh, uh, results in what we're doing, but we know it's the right thing to do. Let's just keep being diligent. Just be diligent because if you'll be diligent, the diligent will bear rule. The Bible says even to be faithful with the little. Some of you are involved in little things, right? Maybe your business is small right now. If you'll just be faithful with that little, if you'll just continue to do what you know that God wants you to do and just be faithful, the Bible says eventually in operating in that principle that you'll be ruler over much. I think about integrity. The Bible tells us that integrity will, will guide us. If we will just operate in integrity. Years ago, some of you have heard this story before if you've been around for a while. And uh, years ago, years years ago, I mean, it was years ago, I went to uh, Rama uh, Bible Training Center in, in Oklahoma, New Mexico, uh, 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 Broken, Ho- Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, New Mexico. How's that? Which one? Yeah, which one? And uh, I'll get my story straight here. Uh, and so I, I moved from New Mexico to Oklahoma. And uh, when I moved, I still had my insurance uh, on my vehicle, uh, in our vehicles in, in New Mexico, and I hadn't, I hadn't changed it over yet. And so if you've ever lived in Oklahoma, they have some, some mean storms down there. They have tornadoes. They have uh, hail storms and all that kind of stuff. Well, right after I moved up there, there was a hail storm, and it and, and really just... Uh, uh, got my car pretty good. And so I, I did a claim on it, collected the money on it. Before I left, I worked at a, a, at a dealership, so I had gotten a pretty good price on a car. I think I only paid like $2,500 on this little Nissan Sentra before I moved up there. And, and uh, it's a good, great little car. And, and I think uh, the damage uh, to that car was around $1,800 or something. 
And I just couldn't imagine putting $1,800 or a couple thousand dollars in a $2,500 car. So instead of putting that money in that car, I just, I just pocketed it and thought, you know what, no biggie, I'll drive it around like this. And so uh, I, I, I changed insurance companies and got insurance over there in uh, Oklahoma. And, and of course, the, the insurance guy comes out, he looks at the car, writes some notations and puts it in his folder, you know, looks good. And so he came out. When he came out to look at, uh, at my car, it happened to be raining that day. And when you looked at the car under rain, you didn't see all that uh, hail damage. So I didn't know. I didn't know he did, he, that he didn't see it. Uh, but I, I, I did notice that uh, later on, uh, that you really couldn't see it. And so he noted in there that uh, my car was in great shape. And so we had another storm come through, more hell damage. I could tell that my car was worse off. And so I submitted a claim. And, uh, and, and he says, oh, that's fine. And, he's, and I said, but, you know, I, I never did get it fixed from the last time when I was with a different one. He says, well, that's, he says, he says, uh, he says, we're not supposed to do that if you didn't get it fixed. But he says, I'm looking at my notes, and it's not noted here. And he said, so, so uh, don't worry about it. And he says, he, he uh, hooked me up with the insurance adjuster. Uh, insurance adjuster called me. And between the time I had the conversation with my, my agent and the insurance adjuster, God began to deal with me because it's wrong that I shouldn't do it because it wasn't integrity. Now, I could have pocketed at least probably another couple of thousand dollars. And so the insurance adjuster calls me, and I, when he called me, I said, listen, I, I can't. Actually, I didn't even wait for the insurance adjuster. I called my agent back, and I said, listen, I want to cancel that appointment uh, because I'm a Christian, and I just feel like you said it would be wrong for me to, uh, to submit another claim on that car because it had been damaged before. Therefore, because it's the wrong thing to do, I'm going to do the right thing. And he says, he literally told me I was crazy. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm a Christian. I feel like it's the right thing to do. It's an integrity thing to do. And so I did it, and I hung up the phone. It wasn't two weeks later. I had a friend that moved down from New Mexico to Oklahoma that's going to Bible school, and he said he was praying, and he felt like God told him to hand, give me something, and he handed me an envelope. In that envelope were 15 $100 bills. I'm serious. It was like a couple of weeks later. I felt like the Lord showed me that was in direct obedience to honoring integrity, to operating under the principle of integrity. We got to trust God's principles to work on our behalf. If we're going to live this worry-free life, we have to trust in the principles of God. It wasn't probably a week later. That same guy says, can I come by and pick you up? And uh, I said, sure, come on by. And we, we went, and we went to a, uh, didn't know why, we just, he just wanted to pick me up. I thought he was wanting to talk or whatever. Uh, he picked me up, went to a bank, at the bank, he submitted a, a um, deposit slip, not deposit, uh, what do you call it, a withdrawal slip, and uh, he got another, another envelope, and he says, I, I didn't give you everything I was supposed to give you, and he handed me another envelope with 10 $100 bills in it. We have to trust in the principles of God's word. 
if we'll trust in the principles of God word, God's word, we don't have to be concerned about this economy. God will make sure that he gets to us what he needs to get to us when we need it. Amen? The third thing in how to have a worry-free life is we need to trust in God's values. God's values. We have to value what God's values. And trust in those values that it's the best thing for us. Mark chapter 10, he says, he says, if you'll do all these things for my sake and the gospels, in other words, if you'll value what I value, he says, I'll make sure that you get all these other things in your life. You remember in uh, uh, Matthew six twenty one, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. He says, wherever you, whatever it is you value, there's where your heart's going to be. And let me tell you something about this, about God. If he has your heart, he can direct your life. And so he can direct you where you need to go in your life. He can, he can make sure that, that you get what you need in your life, when you need it, how you need it, and it not even makes sense. And not even makes sense. You see this little iPad right here that I use? I, every year I go to a, 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 a pastor's leadership conference. At this conference, we pay 40 bucks to go to this conference. Uh, at that conference, they feed us uh, either a steak or a chicken dinner, whatever we want. We've got choice of one or the other. It's a big, nice, huge meal. They give us uh, how many books? About six books, I think it is. Six books. The books in itself, the meal in itself, are probably, definitely the books in themselves are, are more than the $40. Uh, a few years back, a couple years back, actually last year, I think, is when he he felt like the Lord told him to do this for pastors, uh, is that he said, uh, for every pastor, every senior pastor that is here, I'm going to give you an iPad. And he gave us an iPad. And 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 just came back from that same conference this week, and he gave every senior pastor 40 bucks. That's what we paid. He gave every senior pastor an iWatch. I'm not wearing it today, but I, 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 he gave us an iWatch. My wife looked it up. The, the, the cheapest iWatch was $349. And what I'm saying, and the reason I'm saying this, is that if you value God, if you value what God values, He's going to value what you value. He's going to take care of you. We, we should never, ever ever do like that rich young ruler and walk away sad and grieved because he asked something big of us. We need to trust him in everything in our life. Are you with me thus far? Are you tracking with me? Let me give you one more thought. How to, how to live a worry-free life. We need to trust in his potential. He is the source. He has the potential. He created everything. He could surely take care of you and I. He, said, he says in uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 30, who shall receive a hundredfold? If we'll do what he tells us to do, we're going to be on the receiving end. We think that we're giving out, but I'm going to tell you, ultimately, it's the receiving end that he's going to move us into. It's about giving and receiving. When we give to God our lives, we're, yeah, we're giving up. We're giving up some stuff, but the life that he has before us is far better than the life that we're giving up. A person that gives their life to Christ 
is giving up a life that is pales in comparison to the life that, he's, that he has for them. So anything that God asks of you and I to give up, is, is, it, it, it pales in comparison to what he wants and has for us. The Bible tells us to lay up our, our, our treasures in heaven. And when I think about laying up our treasures in heaven, several scriptures, they're not going to be thrown up here, but if you want to write them down, several scriptures came to mind. Philippians chapter 4, 17 and 19, it says, uh, Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. You have a heavenly account. You have an account in heaven. Uh, Malachi 3.10 tells us that he will open the windows of heaven and pour us out such a blessing that we don't have room enough to receive. Uh, uh, Ephesians tells us that God has blessed us with uh, spiritual blessings in heavenly, heavenly places. God has blessings for us. Deuteronomy tells us that we're never to forget uh, why he's given us what he's given us. Because he's given us the power to get wealth. Why? So that we could establish his covenant here on this earth. He wants us blessed so that the work of God could be advanced here on this earth. Why wouldn't he want you blessed? And then he says, God, he tells us in Matthew 6, he says, Jesus telling his disciples, telling us, he says, pray that, that his kingdom come would be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants his blessings upon you and I so that we can do what he wants us to do here on this earth. Trust him as being your source. And let's see what God does as a result. When you're faced with opposition and all kinds of things coming against you, consider the source. Don't consider what's going on or where you're going to get the uh, resources, but instead consider the source that is control of all the resources and how he can get them into your life. One story, holding, is it okay that I shared that? Okay. Um, what are you going to tell me, no? <laughs> he could, he could. And I respectfully ask you, okay. Uh, I, I felt in my heart that God uh, put this uh, in my heart for next year, but I'm already starting to see this happen in, in, in people's lives and that in the, in the year 2016 that we're going to see uh, the unexpected. We're going to just see unexpected things just start happening to start taking place, things that we didn't expect. It just, it's just going to happen on our behalf. And, and, and I'm here to tell you that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. And so he wants to. And, uh, and then Holden was just telling me this past week about uh, he was in school. He's, at, he's going to TJC, and he's going to school there. And, and while he's at school, uh, somebody approached him, or during that time, and approached him about a... Uh, employment there. He wasn't seeking employment there. He was going to school there. And they like him, by the way. We love Holden. He's, yeah. uh, if you don't know Holden, you need to get to know Holden. He's a director over our sound and uh, uh, production. And, uh, but anyway, and uh, as a result, uh, they wanted him. And, and so he uh, has now taken a position at TJC in their uh, heating and air conditioning uh, 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 department. Thank you. 
uh, department. And uh, it's just one of those unexpected things. Why am I saying that to you? I believe if we'll operate in these principles that God has for us, unexpected things will start taking place for you. Amen. Can you believe God for that? Let's believe for the unexpected. And, and let's see what God does through it. I'm, I'm excited about this. Probably one of the most important things that I'll preach this year is helping us to turn to him as being our source in our life for everything. Father, we thank you today. We honor you. We pray.